Welcome to episode 96 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. So welcome along to all my mics that fell over to Iron Man Talk episode 96 with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. And uh, Coach John Newsom's actually not next to me right now because I'm in Auckland and he's in... Where are you, Jumbo? I'm sitting in my office in sunny Christchurch. Is it pretty sunny down there, is it? Nah, it's pissing down with rain. It's all good. <laughs> we need the rain. We've got a beach day today. I'm doing this conference and today we go to the beach. And I have to tell you, I'll tell you later why, but I'm looking forward to going to the beach. So today Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For all your coffee needs. Athlinks.com Oh, you're doing the other way around. For social networking for endurance athletes, for all your results tracking and social needs. And trybuys.com Your online try shop. Mate, we're bloody good at that, aren't we? Anyway, yeah. in this week's show we've got uh, not much content because it's kind of a quiet time, but we've got a, a news coming up, we've got Age Grouper of the Week, we've got a High Five. What was that on, John? High five was on bringing some mojo to your sort of oh, off-season training. It's old Howells, or however we say it. No, it's from uh, Richard Marlowe. Oh, we, we actually got sent in got two, two high fives yeah. on the same topic. Well, there you go. And lastly, we've got a couple of questions and answers. So let's get straight into it. We thought we'd actually start this week's show going over the Epic Camp wrap-up, kind of, because we didn't do a show for the last day, and we thought we'd just kind of talk about what happened and what happened over, overall in the camp. And it seems like I wasn't there on the last day, John, but what happened? Well, it was the Coronet Peaks Triathlon. So we uh, we rolled out of Queenstown at our, our hotel fairly early in the morning and spun down to Lake Hayes, which is actually where they held the 2000 and... About three, wasn't it? Three, yeah. 2003 World Tri Champs, short course ITU stuff. Uh, and we got down there and we were looking for some sightings for, for doing some doing the swim. We want, Gordo wanted to swim about 4K, but not too many people were too keen on that. No. And there, was, there was no swim boys, there was no boats in there, so we ended up uh, swimming from one side of the lake to the other, um, which was entertaining. And Gordo tried to pull along Monica, so Monica smoked everybody in the swim and dragged Melina around, and then the Albinator... Uh, being the good bloke that he was, dragged myself, Gordo, and Mark Petrofessor through the swim. And thankfully, he swam a good line because Monica swam a shocker, and we actually ended up only coming down about 10 seconds down on Monica and uh, oh, really? and Melina. So that was all good. And uh, and the bike course for that day was to bike from Lake Hayes uh, around the Millbrook Resort and then up uh, Coronet Peak uh, Mountain. So did you do a reverse? Did, the day did you do a reverse of what we did the day before? Yep, okay. so it was probably about uh, maybe 15 to 15 k's on a fl- sort of flat to rolling yeah. and then, um, then yeah, basically up the hill. Yeah. And I saw my opportunity early because we're coming out of the swim and that bunch of old farts, Melina and Albert and Gordo were sort of hobbling up the hill and then they were sitting down and pulling their wetsuits off. So I ripped it off, got away nice and quickly and then uh, teamed up with Melina on the flat and we're sort of we're not lapping it out but it was legal, you know, Ironman yeah, legal distance. Yeah, drafting, would you mate? And we, we wouldn't be doing that, no. and uh, and I sort of looked behind, and I, knew, I thought Mark would probably drag Gordo up to us, and he did. So at the base of the climb, it was uh, myself, uh, Mark Pietrofessa, Gordo and Scott, and uh, and predictably, Gordo and Scott sort of attacked at the bottom of the climb, as they have done all the last few days, and Mark, Mark was actually riding a lot better. 
Um, but I just sort of bide my time and sort of had a bit of a plan of attack for the for the climb. Nice. And we came up to we came to the, the flatter sections, and I noticed in the climbs on the previous days that pretty much everybody seemed to slow down on the flatter sections, and I noticed that in the when we did that time trial as well. Yeah. So I thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a bit of a nudge on the flat sections, and I actually managed to get away from Scott, and then I managed to pass Gordo on one of the steeper sections. Nice. And then we got to the top, and I was first off the bike. Had about a maybe, maybe nearly a minute, maybe 40 seconds to a minute. I was running out as Scott was coming in, and it was basically first first to the top, and you sort of could pick your own route. So I sort of zigzagged up the cat track, and then I got below the chairlift, and I thought the quickest way to the top is straight up. Straight and up so I just basically just uh, bushwhacked my way up the top. And now uh, she get there in, in first place. So it was all good. And so who came second, third, and fourth and stuff? Well, we had uh, Gordo caught Scott on the run, and he managed to get through in second. Yep. And then uh, Scott was third. Mark Petrofis had a really good day uh, in fourth. Yep. Who was fifth? Um, well, I'm not sure. No, it wasn't. I think Toby may have been fifth. Okay. The Albinator was struggling a big time. Oh, really? <laughs> and it almost came. I almost got the yellow jersey. I came within one point of Albert. Uh, was so it one point? It was one point on the final standings. I think he finished sixth. And the funny thing was, we when you go up Coronet Peak, it's a ski field, and we decided to get the, the chairlift down. And so I jumped on the chairlift, and I'm going down the mountain, and Albert was actually pulling himself up the mountain on yeah, some yeah. avalanche protection. <laughs> he was in a world of pain. Um, but good on him, you know, he pushed himself to the limit and, uh, so, so and beyond. So yeah, I, I texted you the next day to see what happened, and I did say, what, were you thinking, what if? You know, one point, mate. Not really. No, I mean, uh, I think Albert would have... Al- Albert would have had a fair idea what was going on and, and uh, I think he would have done whatever it would have taken on the days prior to make sure that he had a reasonable buffer over me. Yep. But, I mean, he went out and did a two-hour run um, the day before we did the four-hour run. So he did a two-hour run, a four-hour run, and then he, he backed he, it up with a triathlon. He did a, I think he ran 250, didn't he, that day? Or did he run? Oh, quite possibly. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. no, he, he deserved it. Yeah, so I he wasn't, did, didn't he? Yeah. I, I did think the what ifs, you know, all it would have taken for me would have been to swim an extra three kilometres on the camp and yeah. I would have taken it because uh, that would have been a, a six kilometre swim and I would have got two bonus points and that would have been enough. But I kind of think that if I had done that anywhere, Albert would have done something else, um, yeah. something crazy on one of those other days. So no, I was good on him. So Albert took home the yellow jersey and the green jersey and obviously you took home the, the, the mountain points jersey. Yep. And uh, no, everybody made it to the top on the last day, which was which was great. Uh, except um, one fellow, Mike Gilbert, he cut his foot open, unfortunately, oh, so he, didn't, he? Uh, couldn't make the run. Oh. But everybody else, I think, uh, made it, so it was all good. So uh, honourable mentions from the camp. What do you reckon? Well, I, th- I actually gave Tara the Ironman Talk jersey for honourable performance because uh, she was hurting pretty badly in those last few days. But you know, on those first three or four days she was just she was Second on fire yeah, yeah. She, she was really dealing to a lot of the guys and when you look at put it into perspective yeah she's a pro and yes she's been you know um 11th or 12th in Kona but her time you know is, is slower than a lot of the guys that were, were on the camp her, her sort of best Ironman time so yeah. it's not like she was she was yeah, head she was and shoulders above the rest yeah oh yeah so that that was pretty gutsy um no I think I think uh so she picked up John, fifth in uh the Kulin Gatter. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah, oh, I so, didn't know that. Nice yeah. work. You're not the um, 
No, who else was out there? Um, who else do you think was worth an honourable mention? Uh, I think um, I think anyone who did the whole thing. Is it like Charles? Yeah. Um, uh, what was the other we always have that at the, at the start of the camp as the the objective is to complete the camp, and usually, and I think this was the same as normal. Probably only about half the people completed the camp. You yeah. know, did and, everything and some of them, that was required. Some of the people who were slow guys at the back pulled out and pulled out the whole camp. And to me, you know, like um, just you know, just Andrew Turnside. Yeah, Andrew he, Turnside. He dug in every day. Yep. Um, <laughs> I can't actually remember, but yeah, totally just. There's a few guys who are a little bit slower, and you know a lot of slow guys kind of missed the session here or there, and you know you could kind of understand at times why they would, or if they're falling behind, they jumped in the van a couple of times. But there's a couple of them, yeah, Andrew Turnside in particular, really, you know, to me, kind of really captured the spirit of the camp, and uh, you mm-hmm. know, you know, like the, the second to last day when a few of the boys didn't really want to go up Coronet Peak, and you know, by that when you get to that point of the camp. It, people seem to be at the point where they kind of accept they're not going to do it all, so they, they can quite easily miss a session and not feel so bad about it. But, mm. you know, to go out on your bike that day, and it was a tough climb. And, yeah, no, definitely for me, it was anyone who really just completed the whole camp was pretty cool. And, and how did you sort of feel the comparison between this year and last year for camp? As an overall? Um, for, for you, you know, in terms of how hard it was. I, was um, I, I couldn't mention this on the show at the time, but to me I was just... I was just shocked with my fitness, to be honest. I really, and I know I've been getting a bit of shit people saying that I may have done some secret training, but I really had it. Like that day we went out with Murray Lapworth, I was dying, mm. you know. And you know, you were, <laughs> yeah, I was, wasn't I? And I was, yeah. I was, I was struggling, and, and so going into the camp, I was just highly stressed. I really was, and I don't stress. I was really stressed just with that whole. Oh, I thought I was going to be a back of a pack kind of guy, and maybe I kind yeah. of wasn't realistic in that. I probably was always going to be a middle of a pack guy, but to be as strong as I was, I was totally surprised. Um, I liked the way you did King of the Mountain this year because it, for me, I think that's what made the camp for me was that every day you had something that drove me and uh, if I yeah. wasn't in the King of the Mountain, maybe I would have struggled and wouldn't have pushed so hard and maybe it would have been a mental struggle, but every day I knew I had to really bring my A game for the King of the Mountain and you'd often have to ride at least half of the ride pretty aggressively to make sure you're at the front of the pack. Um, and so I think that really made the camp for me because it was just... Every day I wake up and there was a real big challenge in front of me, and and I, I was the strongest climber on the camp, but there were guys there who could definitely push me, and and no one really ever gave it to me, and so, like right down, you know, even down to the last day, Coronet Peak, I kind of got away off it pretty early, but, you know, just every climb I was like, yeah, I gotta have to work for this, and I was so, uh, yeah, I think for me that's what really made the camp, and uh, yeah. and in a way it probably made it a little bit more, a lot more intense than last year's camp for me. Last year's camp was, you know, pretty intense, but this one. Just you know, day in day out, like I, I didn't really have an easy ride at all. So mm. Mm. I think the big difference, which I noticed, I mean, it's the first full camp I've done since Australia, which was in 2005. Was I think the bike, uh, the, the bike speeds have quickened up quite a bit, and because what used to happen on some of the the previous camps is things would split very early in the day. You'd have oh, you know you had the, okay. the good pros, you'd have you know like yeah, Bjorn, Klaus. Gordo, and they would be gone, and that would be it. And yeah. so, a lot of the time in Australia, we were riding, you know, at a reasonable pace, but there wasn't that quite hard tempo pace that some of the time we had on those first three or four days. So that mm-hmm. was probably the big difference for me. And and I think also for this camp, for me, um, I understood what it was to do do epic camp. And I think sometimes when people just come along to epic camp and they maybe haven't followed the the previous camps and just think oh it's another training camp they don't quite get it that um you're there to complete everything and yeah. when i did my first camp in australia i did probably 85 to 90 percent of the camp but i wasn't 
too bothered about missing a swim here or there and things yeah. like that. And on this camp, I really wanted to make sure I, I hit everything, tacked on just a tiny little bit here and there, and I wanted to do very well in the races. So mm. I was pretty stoked how things uh, came out of there. I was surprised with my swimming and as well. I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't swim hard at all. I just wanted to swim every day, and my shoulders are literally are feeling. <laughs> I did a pump class yesterday, and I was struggling. But uh, yeah, but I was surprised that I wasn't as terrible in the swim as what I thought I was going to be. Like I really had only done one swim in six months, and. It's encouraging because I seem to be able to find my technique pretty quickly nowadays. And admittedly, I don't have the best technique, but I can find a technique where I can swim at a good pace. And I, you know, previously when I used to have time off, like if I had a couple of months off, I'd go back and it was like I was back to square one. Whereas this time I felt I found my rhythm pretty quickly. And admittedly, it needs more time, but that was encouraging thinking about road. So it was good. Yeah. And so then after the uh, triathlon, we had sort of had the afternoon off, and then everybody's obviously packing all their bikes up, and then we had the traditional epic camp send off. We went out for dinner to the Lone Star, which was fantastic. So any stories from that, mate? Any good stories? Well, <laughs> not so many stories from there, but uh, carrying on from there, about probably about half the crew decided to pike and go home and uh, and just uh, rest up and the other half decided to sort of carry on. And we, we, what we should have done on the camp, we should have got some of the support crew um, doing some interviews, and that's something we have to do next time. Yeah, it's hard to um, put them in. I, I really wanted to. It was, just, it was just tough, you know, to get an interview and every, or get a show out every day. And with a shorter camp, yeah. it was just tough to get that out. So next time, maybe. Mm. But we do have one female on the support crew, which is she's there every year. And it's fair to say I was buying her a fair few drinks, and <laughs> we, we got the desired result. It was hilarious. She kept us uh, highly entertained. Thank you very much, Shayla. She was gone, Burger. But no, we all had a good night, and we sort of wandered around town. And if you remember back from the camp, we uh, Albert, uh, not Albert, um, Elliot, who was uh, the Reno fella with the funny-sounding voice, um, he works at one of the bars in Queenstown, so he had a whole bunch of two-for-one vouchers. So, oh, nice. yeah, we had a good, enjoyable night, and then everybody um, flew out the next day. And it was great to see... Um, everybody was just thrilled with how the camp went and, and kind of from an organisational point of view you sort of going through the camp sometimes and you're sort of looking at people going man is that guy having a good time is he glad he's here I'm yeah. not quite sure is, is, is he happy to spend all this money to come here but everybody was just beaming on the on the last day just saying man this is, this is the best thing I've ever done and, I and I, you know that through the interviews as well you know like because I would ask do you think you can vary for money and no one you know and you, you, they genuinely really felt that it was an experience worth you know, worth more than what they paid. Yeah, and a lot of them, I think it was different to what they expected, um, especially some of the guys coming out of, say, New York. I don't think they were quite ready for the intensity on the bike, but, hey, I mean, even if they weren't ready, it was, it was really pushing their boundaries, and most of those guys are quite a long way off from, from their A race of the season. Yeah. And uh, for the New Zealand guys, I think they were obviously a lot better prepared, uh, and they're ready, and I think it will give them a really good lift. If they recover properly, they really should be very strong at Ironman New Zealand. There's enough time to recover, and... And, uh, and yeah, we'll be following their results pretty closely. So uh, post-camp, how are you feeling? How did you feel like last week? And I haven't done a lot. Uh, I did a little bit of um, biking and running last week, but, but, but not a lot. Um, my swimming feels great. My feel for the water feels fantastic. Cycling, I really haven't done a great deal. Running, I'm still feeling a bit heavy, but uh, I'm going to have to fire up because I'm doing an aquathon tomorrow night, and then I'm going to do an uh, Olympic distance race at the weekend, and I really don't want to embarrass myself too much, so... <laughs> 
fingers crossed, uh, I won't do too badly. I had to come up to Auckland, and um, some for those who you know, I teach aerobics, and uh, I do a video for Les Mills, and uh, it's a huge thing. Like within my business, it's one of the biggest things you can do. And we've also got an international conference on this week, but that's why I'm up here this week. And uh, oh, she was pretty tough stuff. So I was doing a high impact class, which is kind of like a running kind of class. You know, you're jumping up and down the whole time. And uh, I basically the good thing about being up here was that I was away from life, so. Um, you don't tend to work long hours. I tend to work maybe five to six hours a day, but it's pretty intense work. But then you get a lot of time off. So I was just sleeping. You know, I was just sleeping as much as I could, and then then teaching. And, and admittedly, I was struggling with the teaching. And any chance I could get a rest, I really pulled. I've, like I did my work, and I was happy with how I did it. But at the same time, I was being really kind of wise with my energy. And uh, yeah, so this week it's a little bit lighter, and I kind of feel like this is my recovery week. So nice. So the next Epic Camp that's going to be rolling around is Epic Camp Italy. If anybody is interested in registering, we've got a couple of spaces left. You go to epiccamp.com. It's in uh, it's in June, and we're going to be going through the um, the Dolomites in um, northern Italy, starting in Verona. Uh, it's going to be another eight day camp. Um, there'll be a mixture of flat. There'll be plenty of mountain climbing. Great preparation for anybody who's looking for a sort of July, August, September Ironman or who's going to be in the early stage of their Kona build-up. So we're all looking forward to that. It's going to be wicked. And also Kemp Kia Kaha, Kaha, mate. That's right, Kemp Kia Kaha. Nice. Still got a couple of spaces left on that, so you've got to get in quick. But again, um, what we're going to do with the Kemp Kia Kaha is going to be, we're going to tailor it fairly specifically to what people require when their races are. So each day we'll we'll be having a few different options in terms of what uh, you want to do. You know, some guys will be preparing for Rote, some guys may be preparing for Ironman UK um, or a different Ironman. So there is going to be quite a bit of flexibility. So don't feel like if you want to come along but you think, oh, I might smoke myself, um, we will have quite a few options in terms of, uh, you know, making sure that you prepare correctly for the race. It's going to be a bloody good time. I've been in contact with Ian and uh, it's a fantastic place to train. Oh, mate. Just get, kick back, relax. Hanging and out that's with the boys. Be, Come on, let's be honest about it. it. It's going to be the best week of your life. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that, like, with, with any camp, whether it's our camp, whether it's um, Camp Kekar, Epic Camp, whatever, the best thing about it is you just get away from all the hassles of life and you can yeah. just focus a little bit on training and you can just relax and have, you know, and have a good time. And, um, yeah, it'll be great preparation for anybody. So uh, if you're interested... We've got a link on our website. Um, you just click onto there and either get in touch with myself or um, Ian from Pyrenees Multisport, and we'll be away laughing. So you've been pretty happy as a coach last weekend, mate, because we had the coast to coast, and you know, Coach oh. Newsom's athlete took it out. That's right. It was all, all according to plan. So for, we've talked about the coast to coast before. The, the format of that race is you open up with a three-kilometre run, and then you have a 55-kilometre bike ride. You get off the bike, then you've got a 33-kilometre mountain run. To give you an idea, the fastest guys get through that run in three hours. The course record, I think, is... You know, I think Richard Usher this year he did 2:57, and that's roughly how long a 33k mountain run takes. Jump on your bike, 15k ride, and then you jump in your canoe for I think it's a, about a 55-60 kilometer paddle, which takes approximately um, four four hours or so for the faster guys. Then you get off your bike and you've got a 70 kil- get off your boat and a 70 kilometer ride into Christchurch, and it basically goes from one side of the South Island to the other side of the South Island. So, yeah, it was a very exciting day. We had. Um, uh, Emily, who I've been coaching and we've had on the yeah, show several times, yeah. Power Cookies, um, she was coming back. She DNF last year. She had plantar fasciitis and had to get helicopters out, helicoptered out of the mountain run, but she did win the race the year before. 
So it was uh, it was a pretty exciting day for the girls. Uh, the guys' race was a bit of a one-horse race, and I'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, the way the girls panned out, they, they came off the bike together. One girl opened up a big lead in the, the mountain run. Um, Emily was 12 and a half minutes down coming out of the mountain run. Um, then they're onto the, the bike, a uh, little short bike. She usually doesn't um, change times too much. And then onto the kayak, uh, and Emily kayaked okay. She came out of the kayak seven and a half minutes down from the lead, from the girl who won the previous year, Fleur Palsy. Oh, wow. And then it was onto the last 70 kilometres ride um, to Christchurch, which is gently downhill, but normally into a headwind. So this was a fantastic example for anybody who's going for a Hawaii, ever going to go for a Hawaii slot. You just never, ever give up. And uh, what was going to have to happen on that last ride was Emma was going to have to ride completely out of her skin. And Fleur, who was in front, was probably going to have to fade um, fade a little bit and or, or fade badly for Emma to have any chance. And Em just ripped it. Uh, she rode uh, uh, 159, which includes a, tra- a really long transition from kayak to bike. Uh, and that bike time, I think, gave her, I think it might have been ninth overall. I could be wrong there. Really? But she outrode a lot of the guys. Wow. Um, she outrode Bruce, who you and I yeah, trained Bruce with. And he, rider, he's isn't he? a strong rider. She outrode um, that fella, Mark, uh, who won Challenge Wanaka. Really? Um, so she, she ripped a ride and she was very aggressive and she was just constantly taking time out of her. I thought she was going um, run to run out of time, but Fleur, who was in front, started to fade um, more and more as it went through the ride. She was apparently cramping up a little bit. And coming into town, we, they hit a road called Brom Street. Uh, Em was still about two and a half minutes down. They came to an area of Christchurch called Ferrymead, which is uh, around about five kilometres from the finish. Em was still 30 seconds down, um, and my wife Belinda called me at that stage and said she's still 30 seconds down. So, and I was at the finish line, and I just said right, and I just sprinted as far as I could um, towards where she was coming, and I was just going to tell her to absolutely drop the hammer and sprint with everything she had. Um, and I got around about uh, two kilometres down the road to Redcliffe's, uh, and that, by that stage she had passed uh, Fleur Pawsey, and she had the lead by about 15 minutes, uh, 15 metres, and that was with uh, two kilometres to go. So Mate, were you just an incredible race. Like, oh, Oh, no, I was pretty happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was pretty happy. Uh, I came, I came around this corner, and I just saw the power cookies, uh, yeah. power cookies top, and uh, and she take, took it. And it's one of those races where it is, it's winner takes all. There's ten thousand dollars New Zealand up for first place, and, and the big fat zero for second. So wow. it was a fantastic effort. At, at the finish, um, they, they, it was a forty-three second victory, but it was a lot closer than that. And the other exciting part of the race was that uh, third place was only about a minute and a half behind as well. So it was, wow, it was a fantastic women's race. For endurance race. Oh, yeah, and in, you know, that's a 13 and a half hour race, 13 hours, 16 minutes, I think it took in. So um, it's just never say die attitude. And, and that's what it takes if you're going for a Hawaii slot. It often does come down to the last few kilometres of run. It really does, got that, it, you know. so many people fade in that run. Mm. Hey, so, so what happened, just quickly, what happened in the boys? Well, Richard Usher pretty much dominated the race. Uh, he ended up winning by 20 minutes. Gordon, just looked Gordon? strong all day. Gordon Walker was there. He was. Uh, they, came, they they got another breakaway on the bike. Uh, there's a breakaway of six after the first ride. They went through the mountain run, uh, and Richard Usher put I think eight minutes into Gordon Walker. But probably the the, the telling part of the race was I mean, the 15 kilometre ride, which you had between the mountain run and the kayak. 15 kilometres. Richard Usher put three minutes into Gordon Walker. Wow. Um, 
and that that was a big telling part of the race. And Gordon Walker is no slouch on the bike. He's he a has uh, he, yeah, he does he's a lot a, of yeah, a lot of soccer racing. He, he does a lot of lot of training with Cameron Brown. He's very very strong. So uh, that was a telling part of the race. And then Richard Usher just smoked the last ride as well and put another eight minutes into him on the last seventy k's. Wow. Um, and apparently he was like sitting on forty seven, forty eight kilometres an hour. Did they have a good um, wind? Did they? They must have. Uh, it was good. It was good for the guys, and then the, the North East they picked up a bit for the girls um, a bit later on. So, yeah, but, and I guess the, the other story coming out of the coast, coast well, no, two stories actually. Um, for people who are interested to know Mark, uh, I can't remember how to pronounce his surname, Schwitzen or something like that, from Germany, who won Challenge Monica. He was in third place after the mountain run, um, just a little bit behind uh, Gordon Walker. That was a pretty solid effort, uh, and but then he faded badly in the kayak. He lost, I think, probably around about an hour and a quarter, and yeah. ends up finishing in 13th place. Yeah. Uh, but the other interesting story coming out this week was is that Richard Usher, who won the race, is going to race Ironman New Zealand. So is it official? It's official. Yeah, oh. he's, he's on the start list, and he's uh, and he said after the race, yep, he's going to do it. Well, it's, it's going to be a payday for him. I think he'll do well. Um, I think he'll actually do very well. Uh, I predict. Yeah, he can swim well. Uh, I think he, he'll be out below 55 minutes, um, somewhere between, say, 52 and 55, apparently. So for those uh, who don't know who Richard Usher is, he's, he's, he's obviously a pretty good um, coast-to-coast athlete, but he's also a very good endurance four-day kind of racer. He's one of the best in the world at that. He does a lot of the kind of uh, like endurance. What, what, what are those races? Eco-challenge type Eco-challenge thing. type of races. And he's been in like, Team Nike, and he's in some of the top teams around the world, and he's... You know, he's pretty great at that stuff, so it'll be really fascinating to see. And what do you reckon he'll do the ride in? Oh, I think it, well, I think it's finished time. I think he'll be around about 8 hours 40. Um, you really think Possibly a little bit quicker. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, providing he recovers okay from the coast-to-coast. If, 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 he, if he didn't have coast-to-coast in his legs, I'd say definitely um, 8 hours 40, if not a little bit quicker. Um, but uh, given he's got the coast-to-coast, he may, maybe a little bit slower, but uh, I definitely think somewhere between, say, about 8.40 and 8.45, uh, I, I really think he'll do that. I think he's so strong on the bike. And you just got to put it in perspective, and, and I think about it from, from, from say, comparing it to me, where I, I would, you know, in Taupo, I've, I've gone nine hours when I haven't been in amazing shape, um, and I think we'll... A, he's he'd be much stronger on the bike than me, and B, he's much stronger runner than me. And even if he only lost a couple of minutes in the swim, yeah, um, yeah I think I think 8:40 is very realistic for him. You know I don't mean? think he'll be challenging for the win or anything like that. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go as quick as 8:35, um, really? but I don't think he'll get down to you know 8:20, which is what which is obviously what Brownie and and Luke Bell will, will do in that race. Do you know what? I dominated him on the bike. Yeah. When? In Tour de Vineyards. Him and I. Oh, this year? No, this is a couple of years ago now. We were doing this race and uh, him and I broke away from. So was, uh, we got lost and so we had to work to catch up. And then there was a hill. We got dropped off the back of the pack and there's a hill. And I smoked it up the hill and dropped him and then caught up with the pack and he was out the back. Him and. Who was that? Galatly, Neil Galatly. I dropped the two boys off. Right. I was loving it that I beat the coast to coasters. I was wonderful, <laughs> the Iron Man boys. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I do think he'll do well. Um, and yeah. I, Yes, somewhere between 8.40 and, and maybe worst case 8.50, but I'd be surprised if he doesn't go under nine hours. And that should get him um, you know, somewhere between, say, fifth and eighth place, I think. Wow, fascinating stuff. Anyway, we had uh, the Geelong 70.3 race in Australia. Do you know much about this, or do you want me to talk about it? You can talk about that. I haven't done my P's on that one. Uh, well, I haven't really either, but I've got the finish list in front of me. Uh, on the men's, we've got Leon Griffin, Mitch Anderson, and David Delo uh, took it out. Leon won by about two minutes over Mitch. 
And it, like Lou Bell kind of blew up, and he only did like a wouldn't blow up, but he was only in at seventh. And yeah, it was interesting. interesting. Luke, Luke's not in form, is he? No, it's interesting. He's racing Ironman New Zealand, and uh, he was in form at Ironman New Zealand last year, so that will be uh, interesting to see how it goes. On the girls, mm. we had Miranda Caffrey, uh, Rebecca Keat, and then Kate Major in at third, and then Tara came in at fifth, about oh. about 30 minutes behind the winner. So pretty That's a strong consider. field. Mm, a very yeah. strong field. Yeah, apparently uh, pretty good racing. Well, you also looked down there, Joe King in seventh place, yeah. and, uh, and Charlotte Paul, who... Yeah. She won uh, I'm in WA, didn't she, I think. So yeah. that's, a, that's a strong field. And, and for Tara, you know, to back up a week after Epic Camp and, and, and to do that is, is pretty strong. You know, that's uh, two of those girls in front of her were both um, top 10 in Kona, not top 5. And Miranda Carfrey is a 70.3 world champ, isn't she? Yeah. She, 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 got yep, first she, has, yep. she won it last year, yep. Um, yep. So that's, that's not a bad effort, to be honest. Yeah, it's a pretty good effort. Um, oh. Ironman Lanzarote is sold out, which uh, didn't sell out as fast as the North American races, but it's the first time it's sold out, hasn't it? It is. That, that's interesting. Um, you know, it just shows that uh, the sport is growing in Europe. I mean, obviously, the North American races are always selling out, and, and a lot of the European ones do, but Lanzarote, it's an early season, very tough race, so yeah. it's good on them, and um, good on everybody who's taken up the challenge. Uh, Challenge Wanaka 2009 entries have opened. So uh, mm, we want people to get, Yeah, if, if, you know, we, we did the interview. Bevan did the interviews down there, and it, it's a great race, and, and it's called Challenge Wanaka, and it is a bloody good challenge. Yeah. So um, if you do want a bit of a change in, uh, from you know just going up to Taupo for all you Kiwis, um, we'd highly recommend that race. It's, um, it's a good day. As I think Chris McDonald said when he was doing interviews, if you want to do a PB, it's not the place to go. But no. if you want to go to a race where the, the scenery is fantastic oh. and it's a really good vibe, it's, uh, it's one good one to well, do. It's funny because on that desktop of the laptop that we have for the show, I've put the photo with, with the crew from Epic Camp by Mount Cook. You know the photo? Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. And uh, one of my friends who was up here was just I was, before I was working on a show before, and uh, he came up and goes, geez, you forget how beautiful New Zealand is when you, know, when you see photos like that. And, yeah, it's, you know, Wanaka really is. If you want to do a beautiful race, that's a good challenge. It's, it's a great race to do. Um, yeah. Ironman BV3, new Ironman distance triathlon in Norway. So there's these races popping up all over the show, and one of the things I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit later on in the show is that a lot of them need to have a point of difference, you know, if they're going to be a good Ironman race. And this one here is actually it's a bit of a point-to-point race. So you, um, so you see, obviously swim in a lake somewhere, um, and then you bike 180 kilometres from Bergen to Voss, so it's point-to-point, and then and then you run around the city of Voss. So be interested to see how that goes, and we'll see how many. Um, how many people turn out for that? It's obviously um, building on the reputation some of those Scandinavian countries have. They've got the what's the the tough one called? The really uh, the Norseman, um, and and obviously that's popular and just building on that popular around Scandinavia. So anyway, a couple of weeks ago, it's probably been about three or four weeks, since, or probably three weeks since we did this one. We had a discussion of the week, and at the time, our discussion of the week was: Do you think the organisations like Wanaka? Or like the Challenge and the 101 are wasting their time trying to set up a series in competition to the Iron Man Corporation. Mm. And Jombo, you've done your P's. And you know what? I've done my P's as well. I haven't seen if my P's met your P's, but hopefully we're not peeing together. Right. Okay. Well, I'll fire, I'll fire off this. Uh, Morton Liebash. Uh, I'm not sure where Morton's from. Uh, I personally done three Iron Man races. Um, a couple I haven't heard of, Road 
Decro and Frederica, none of them WTC sanctioned and I personally couldn't care less. And an Ironman uh, is about going the distance, perhaps even racing it, but it's certainly no matter what, um, no matter of whatever random corporation might happen to own the Ironman tra- uh, brand. brand. So regardless of whoever organised the race, as long as it's approximately 3.8k, 180k on the bike and 42k run, it's an Ironman race to me. Anyone, anyone who finishes is an Ironman. Um, obviously, it goes on to say that Hawaii is sort of the epitome of it, um, but he'd be just as satisfied finishing Embrim or, or Norseman. And, yeah, that's more or less what uh, Morton had to say. Okay, I've got Pirate Trickster, and he's saying triathlon is going through a boom at the moment in all distances, or at least in the UK, he's saying. This means there is an ever-increasing number of people signing up for WTC Ironman-branded races or trying to before they sell out anyway. I believe this leaves two target markets that race organisers should aim for. He's got a list of things. A, uh, those wanting to do an iron distance race that have not been quick enough to sign up for their races. Those who have done WC branded races that now want to race where those don't have to hover around a computer at the right time to stand a chance of getting in. Uh, And here's what he thinks race organisers should do. Uh, have cycled users instead of t-shirts at the end. Uh, time trial style starts uh, rather than the mass start, uh, making it a tougher and making it tougher in some way, um, like the Nooseman, uh, off-road Ironman, legendary pairing of Bevan and John doing the commentary. I must say, nice. I'm thinking I might, I might write to Felix and say next year that maybe we should do the Wanaka because... Yeah, exactly. They, they're okay, but they're, they need class. Uh, lastly, different coloured medals or t-shirts depending on finishing time. Damn it, Nooseman beat me at that as well. There will be uh, a need, uh, sufficient funding to ensure the race doesn't fold under the first one and has to have enough time to gain a reputation. But yes, I believe there is a room for another iron distance races. <coughs> Sorry, you go. Oh, you're not, you're not sick again, are you? <coughs> you go. Dying on me. I'm dying, bleeding. Yep, so yep, next one. Right, uh, next one is uh, Flip. Particularly in the US, uh, as North American sports continues to make Ironman races more and more exclusive by requiring people to be on site to register, otherwise they sell out, that people will move to other independent races. I refuse to spend the money to fly to Wisconsin or wherever just to register for a race. That's nuts. Plus, the jerseys and the hats are getting uglier and uglier. You know what? I was really disappointed in Hawaii with the t shirts you got. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was like, you know, and the problem is, what really sucks is they give you really kind of scummy, cheap t-shirts, well oversized. Like I might, I was got medium, it was like a triple XL, and then you yeah. go in the shop and they've got beautiful gear that they're wanting to sell you, and I, I thought it was a bit cheap. But anyway, yeah, you know, I'm not one to complain. Uh, Roger no, saying, <laughs> the WTC has a monopoly on the Ironman distance. My prediction is that in the not-too-distant future, an antitrust case will be brought out against the WTC, at least here in the States. That will be likely the only way to open up the competition and at that distance. We'll see. That's interesting, eh? Yeah, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but... Um, it's probably not big enough, because you know, it's probably a monopoly, but it's probably not big enough. Um, yeah. It's, it, it is, it's not really a monopoly, is it? Because, I mean, you can just go and run a race. You just can't call it a, an Ironman. And, uh, so they haven't got the word... You can't yeah. monopolise the word triathlon, no. um, and that's really the sport we're doing. Um, and I've I, I got to say, I'm not happy about not being able to call things an Ironman, but it's the way of the world. But anyway, uh, my last one was Bender. Uh, it seems a great deal of people, uh, not even in the tri community, have heard of Ironman when it seems to find its way into conversation. And most of them have heard about the world champs being in Hawaii. History and word of mouth is hard to beat. Anybody remember ITU Tri, uh, tri 101? 
even with the long arm of the ITU, they pulled the plug on longer distance for their own reasons. U, uh, UK's longest day was a very successful race, but died a quick death when Ironman UK came along. Even though the longest day was half the price and run in a friendlier way, people flocked to the branded series um, and caused the end of the, the longest day. Having said that, I'll be uh, favouring challenging Challenge Wanaka over Ironman New Zealand next year and getting the tattoo removed. Oh, that's oh, that's harsh. Oh, yeah, I love this work, Dan. He's saying I don't think there's any, I don't think the new races stand a chance. Challenge has got its start as an Ironman race, and I think that's why it survived. If one of the other established Ironman races like Canada stopped being affiliated with WTC, I'm sure they could survive. I don't like how it seems that WTC tries to go after smaller race startups. These smaller races are much more affordable and keep the sport accessible. So, a pretty good point there as well. What's your thoughts, Jumbo? I think it's uh, it's definitely reasonable to to run a race that's not an Ironman branded race. Um, but as I said earlier, you need to have a point of difference. So, um, and you need to be realistic with your budgeting. And, and I think that's the reason why uh, there was some difficulties with Challenge Wanaka last year. After the first year, they were, they, were, they did a fantastic job running the race, but they spent a lot, spent of, money. A lot of money yeah. doing so, um, and they just didn't have the money coming in to cover that. So that was the reason why they uh, changed race directors. Um, and I think the same thing happened with the 101 series. I think the concept was great. They were a little bit late getting all the news out there to people, and people had probably already planned their seasons, and then they probably just overspent on their budget. Um, but I think... You, know, you need a point of difference, and you know, for example, Challenge Wanaka, the point of difference is it's a fantastic, beautiful scenery. It's quite a laid-back um, laid race as well, and they do a few other little things differently as well. When we talk about a lot of these races in North America, they, they will include, like, say, an aqua, aqua bike option. Um, they'll include teams. They'll maybe have a sprint distance race on the, while the bike's going ahead. Um, they obviously need to... You know, the price needs to be right if you're not going to be offering all that Ironman does in terms of, you know, the pre-meals, the post-meals and all the hoopla, then the price needs to be a bit cheaper, which it normally is. Um, so I think it's realistic, but you've just got to have a bit of business now about it and uh, and realise that it's going to take a few years to build up. Um, Rote is a, a fantastically popular race, but that's been around for, I don't know, 20 years or so. And when it first started, I'm sure it was pretty small. And, and likewise, with a lot of the Ironman races in the early days when Ironman wasn't such a big brand, they were very small, so I think as long as the race directors use their, their noggins um, and they have the population and, and the popularity of the sport in their area, I don't see any reason why they can't be successful. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, well, I think that well, oh, I think that Challenge does well because it's already got a brand that's quite well established, and I think that to be honest, for any the WTC is never going to have another competitor. I don't think unless there is some no. change, and I think Challenge could be that competitor and I think hopefully Challenge kind of does well because uh, I think Challenge could definitely teach WTC a few things and WTC do a lot of things great don't get me wrong but Challenge you know could definitely having competition has got to be great for our sport and I think that would be you know like the France race they've already sold out and so they obviously know how to put on a race and I think as in competing with the brand uh, Challenge is the only real hope if anyone really wants to ever compete with the I'm Men brand I just don't think they have a shit show. And so I think for you, like you say, in the smaller races, you can, you can create these little legendary races around the world. And I think that's probably the only bit. But you do have to really think different. And you have to think of where you can attack the WTC's weaknesses, like you're saying. You know, they don't do the team's thing. That's how you can make your money. You can make it more accessible to the community around you. Because Ironman, for most people, is unachievable. So it's, it's more of an all-round event that has an Ironman in it than necessarily the Ironman race. Kind of like what Coast to Coast does. So... I do think it's possible mm. to have these smaller races here or there, but in competition to WTC, 
I think if Challenge isn't successful, I doubt anyone else could pick it up because they're just so far ahead of the game. So, yeah, yeah. that's my thoughts. But there are, there's one-off races here and there, and, and I agree with you, I think, uh, to challenge them to do a whole worldwide series and to maybe have a competing world championship, <coughs> I think, would be very difficult. Yep. But um, it's going to be really interesting to follow the, the development of the sport in North America because uh, how long are people going to put up with, you know, having to sit on their computer and register within one minute of the race finishing or yeah. one minute of entries opening? So it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens there and for the people that miss out, what they're going to do and whether it's going to you know, be a bit of a hit for the sport or not or whether people will support these other ones. So, or do people yeah, we'll follow that with interest. They can't get in a WTC race, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, because I mean, um, but this... this there's so many options, you know. We've talked about Vine Man and Challenge races, and the, 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 yeah, Silverman. The, there's lots of options, so you know, we'll follow races, that with interest. Like Arena was saying, how the Silverman was just the best, amazing race to do, and so all So these races are often done, you know, just as well as the WCC race. So mm, it's interesting. But anyway, moving on because we are taking forever doing news um, this <laughs> week. Have you ever done endurance events such as the Coast to Coast, which is harder than Ironman? So we want to hear about the endurance events out there around the world, which are tougher than an Ironman, and kind of in similar times. So, we, you know, like the Eco Challenge probably isn't a really good comparison because it's a kind of a different event. But, you know, what kind of events, you know, maybe a, a one-day event around the world that you believe you've done that is actually harder than a WTC Ironman race or a normal Ironman race? Yeah. And I'm actually going to um, try to we'll try to jack up an interview if we can with uh, Richard Usher after he's done Ironman and, and get his perspective. Oh, and I've, I, yeah. I, I was chatting to a few people who have done both at the weekend, um, and I'll, I'll talk about that a bit next week. Mm, it will be interesting. Yeah, I'd love to have that interview. Anyway, so that's our news and discussion for the week. We're going to have to cut the show big time, man, because I could be out of here in 10 minutes. <laughs> that's okay. But let's do Age Group of the Week. Ready? One, two. I'll, I'll just do it. Ready? Age Group of the Week. Got no music, guys, so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got a, an, a couple of honourable mentions here from the coast to coast of the weekend. We know this is Ironman talk, but we're into sort of other endurance sports. We're not and a really fine fellow that, coast, but we'll, we'll do it. It's our local event, so that's right. <laughs> it's, a, it's our local event, and he, he, he's a good man. And uh, this fellow, he did the team coast to coast uh, a couple of times, and I basically said to him, "Get off your ass and go and do a uh, do the individual." Okay. So he went out there and he's uh, done the the two-day individual, so it takes, uh, that's, there's two sides of the coast to coast. You have the longest day and you have the two-day and you have two-day teams and things like that. So he went out there and did it. Uh, he paced himself very well, got through the whole race, uh, had a great paddle. But the problem was, he, well, the, the good thing was and why he's getting age group for the week, he showed perseverance. On the final bike ride into town, he got four punches. Um, so he went through his, I think he had two spears, I think he grabbed another spear off somebody else, and then he got his fourth one, and he's like standing on the side of the road, and there's a spectator there whose uh, wife had her bike on the back of the car, and the guy the guy just grabbed this, um, his wife's uh, wheel and started ripping the tire off to give it to him. And the wife's going, what are you doing, what are you doing, I'm going to go riding. And he says, nah, and, uh, and big old Glenbo took the tire and uh, and he made it back to Christchurch in one piece so we we're very happy happy for him yeah, and guy. on a side a side note to that um, Glenn is, is a supporter of, uh, of both Bevan and I with the High Five Nutrition yeah, dub, dub, and dub, also a supporter of thealement.co.nz and he also managed to fuel the men's winner, um, Richard Usher. So that could have been a contributing factor to the to the, the win for him. Richard Usher was on the high five stuff, and I don't think Gordon Walker in second place was. Wow. Yeah. And just for you in New Zealand, actually go to Glenn's website because he often has some really good deals on there. And uh, 
to me, he, 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 gives, he sells it at a great price because it's a great product. So get on there, www.fifthelement.co.nz. Anyway, um, we're going to do a what do you want to do now, Bevan? I think we've got a... Uh... We'll do a wrap. Oh, maybe we should do a wrap because okay. I'm going to have to leave and maybe we should do a wrap. We have to do a five, five cool. next week. Sorry, guys. We love you, but I've got to go and learn how to pump weights. So Nice. <laughs> so let's do, let's do the interviews. Actually, no, don't worry. No, I'm going to website of the week. Website of the week. Just one. Quality. <laughs> <laughs> so, so organised. On the camp, we were mucking around. One of the problems made. One of the my, my criticisms of the camp. Not maybe a criticism. One of the criticisms of the technology of today was when we were at that lodge and everyone had their laptops. Became very antisocial yeah. for a while there, and because uh, we had wireless uh, internet, and everyone at night would just get on their laptops, but. And doing that, uh, I can't remember who showed me, but they went on YouTube and there's some slow motion footage of Thorpedo doing some swimming. Did you watch that? Yeah. Oh. No. Oh, well, you know what? Go on YouTube and just go Ian Thorpe slow motion swimming. And uh, they've got some clips, some are about 30 seconds, some are about a minute. And it's just watching this technique. And for me, uh, the next day when I went for a swim, it was just, it gave you a better understanding of what your arms should be doing. And I know we get told by your coach and all the rest of it, but the visual aid was just really amazing. And I found the next day, just watching how his arm came over and how he catches the water and pulls through, uh, it just gave me a better visual stimulus, which then when I actually got in the water, made a huge difference to the way I felt the water. And uh, I just thought it was a really great clip. And so just go on YouTube, YouTube, and look up Ian Thorpe, slow motion swimming, and just look at it a couple of times. You'll be interested to see... Uh, the difference, you know, like, what do you think when you see good swimmers? Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people discount technique. I mean, if you, if you want to improve your swimming, you've just got to do a lot of technique. If you're, if you're a weak swimmer especially, you're going to get so much more bang for your buck if you do a lot of technique work rather than just going there and slogging the living crap out of yourself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think you know, the, the visual aids are fantastic. Then if you can go and get yourself videos, um, then you can actually compare the two and, and work towards what you, what you want to be achieving. And we're, Obviously, we're not all going to swim like Ian thought. No, but, um, but this gives you a better understanding, I, I think, because like often when a coach at the pool, they'll stand by the side of the pool and they'll visually show you what it looks like, but it's not in the water and they'll be standing up and bending over and it's, you know, it's not the same. And to actually see someone who's a class swimmer in the water, you know, with a front-on view watching what his arm did, to me, um, you know, unless you want to go to a swim flume, it, it just gave me a better understanding of what I should see. And I imagine they've probably got some of Michael Phelps up there as well. So, you know, just have a look at some of the swimmers on YouTube. And I think for those of you who really do struggle with your technique, it just helps with your understanding. So, there you go. Exactly. So, I've got a new website nice. year too, mate. You see that? Good stuff. Uh, you going to put a link up on the side? No. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll talk about that in a minute. Anyway, um, flinks.com. Athlinks.com. We have got some exciting news um, with Athlinks, which I'm going to have to give next week, um, just about the whole new community they're sort of building up there. But one of the things we talked about a few weeks ago was uh, our community that we're building up there, so the Ironman Talk sort of business page, and we're up to 66 members, so we know there's a lot of you out there who haven't joined up to that. But we're going to use that as a communication tool to get in touch with you, and I'm not quite sure how it's going to pan out with that. I already have. What? I already have. Nice. I've done it a couple of times on Epic Camp. I didn't even after Epic Camp. I did a bit of a report on there. So, you know, I'm doing my work. Very good. I need to pay rise. Um, 
<laughs> we, we want you guys to go and join up on there. Um, you just go to the Ironman Talk Business page. If you slick, uh, When you go into athlinks.com, you click on the business directory, search for Ironman Talk, um, and you can join up to our group. And you can join up to any of the other groups, that, the products that you use. You know, if you use a Blue 70 wetsuit, if you use Mizuno shoes, and that way those businesses can, can get in touch with you guys. The other thing, we know a lot of you guys are out there that are racing um, half marathons and marathons and sort of your off-season for, for the North Americans and for the guys in Europe. And if you Kiwis, um, you're doing you know, quite a few triathlons down here now. Make sure you submit your races to the site. Um, then you can get your records uh, and keep it all on track and you can compare yourself to others and just have one place where you can go and, uh, and check all your results. I mean, it comes to next year, you know, just scroll through. It's really cool when you log in and you see all your results. You have to admit, you know, it's... Because you don't actually think about your results in your everyday day way, do you? But when you actually see them, I do like it when you kind of log in, you go to your profile page, yeah, yeah and you see all your results. I do like that. I think it's cool. And you see your progress, see how you're improving. You know, you need to have benchmarks. Or and how you're you of age. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, copies of Hawaii? Uh, copies of Hawaii. So copies of Hawaii. I'm missing and it. That, and you've got to realise that when you are purchasing from Coffees of Hawaii now, you are supporting the defending Epic Camp champion. Oh, nice. He put himself, put himself through hell to get uh, too, to get a yellow jersey and go home with it. So, and I'm glad you didn't yeah, of... still going to sponsor the show. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it would have been a bit of a concern. We may have lost one of our sponsors. But uh, it's great coffee. Um, you're supporting really a great business. Fired up that... Epic Camp on Hawaii. They were oh. Coffees of Hawaii. They were. It was, uh, it was coming out, you know, breakfast, lunch. Most people were trying to hold off um, in the afternoons because they didn't want. They wanted to get a little bit of sleep, but it was certainly getting hit pretty hard, especially on the days where we were doing time trials. I was races, loving so. the vanilla macadamia. I tell you, macadamia, oh, macadamia. Yeah, that was gold. Yeah. It was gold. Good times. Okay, last coffees of Hawaii for all your coffee yep. and lastly, needs. And last try boys. Now, exciting oh. news for those guys, eh? Oh yeah, it just keeps on getting better. So after um. After before Christmas, they had the free shipping, and it was just a huge international success. You know, they just said that these orders were coming through, and it was great and really great. So because of that, they've decided that from now onwards, if you order anything over two hundred dollars, and let's be honest, what in triathlon is under two hundred dollars? Uh, if you order anything under two hundred dollars, you get free international shipping. So over two hundred dollars. Yeah, over two hundred dollars. Yeah. So did I say under? Yeah. Okay. Well. Over. <laughs> get over <laughs> it. Um, so anything over two hundred dollars, you then get free international shipping. Now, to me, I'm going to use John's favorite, one of John's favorite sayings. It's a no-brainer now, isn't it? It is. And uh, and but the guy, the, there's two things. I mean, obviously you get your free shipping, which counts for a lot. Um, well, there's actually more than two things. The US dollar is so weak for all you guys outside the states. Oh. It is very, very weak. reasonable. Yeah. Um, and probably. The third thing is they, they go the extra mile. I've got a, um, a guy that I'm coaching in, in Ireland, and he's uh, buying a bike off them. And he just says they're just doing little extra things that make a big difference. Um, you know, he's going to get for this bike, and, and they've got, they've got, he's been going on back and forth for a couple of weeks now just making sure that he's getting the right bike and they're going to get the right stuff on there, and they're giving him lots of really quality advice. So um, they do go the extra mile. So, so obviously they support the show. So by you guys shopping there, you're supporting the show for us, and you're also um, getting yourself a good deal. So, yeah, that's right, Bevan. It is a no-brainer. And you know what? Yeah, if you, you know, sure you, oh no, no, no. I was just gonna say, if you know, if you give up something that's a little bit under two hundred, make sure you you add that on because it just, you know, to me, I really get just, an extra box of gels yeah, or something. Yeah, get your wife something from Tribes or your husband. Yeah. You know, it's all, it's all good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, sponsor. Yeah, we've got to go. Com, coffeesofawaii.com, Tribes. What are you up to for the rest of the week, mate? 
Oh no, I've got a bit of time for um, this. This is the most important part I'm of the show. Time. Oh, good. Well, I'm, do, yeah, I'm doing an aquathon tomorrow night, uh, just as a little bit of a warm-up for my race at the weekend. Yep. And then I'm doing an Olympic distance race in Christchurch, very hard course, um, a very hard bike course, very up and down, and then uh, quite a challenging run course as well. So I'm prepared for the worst. I think I could get a bit of a, a, bit of a hiding from some of the local boys. We've got a few good athletes down here, yeah. but uh, we'll go out there and give it a nudge. And well, what race is it? Goes it okay. The Christchurch one, is it, is it Corsia Bay? Yeah, it's basically the Canterbury, Canterbury Champs. Okay. Nice. So it's our local, local championship race. Ooh, what about yourself? Well, I'm at this international conference for fitness, and now it's, I'm, I'm burning the candle at both ends. We basically work hard all day, and then we party. Last two nights I've had probably, like last night I got three hours sleep. I had to get up to do this. The night before I got two hours sleep. I'm not sure if I should tell the story, but I'm going to. So we're, we're at this international conference, and uh, I'm in an industry where there are a lot of beautiful people. And uh, we're out last night, and people get a little bit drunk. And you know what? People want a bit of love when they're a little bit drunk, don't they, John? They do, yeah. So last night we're out and about, and there's this Brazilian girl who is a pretty beautiful girl, but doesn't speak English. And so she got someone to translate to me that she could be interested in holding my hand. <laughs> now, Language of love, mate. I couldn't believe it. And there was a guy, and he came up to me. He goes, "Now my friend doesn't speak English, and blah blah blah." blah. And I'm like, I, I, I didn't want to go there because you know it's work and all the rest of it. So I was going, like, no, and I, and I don't play that game, obviously. But and uh, and 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 I'm like, no. And he goes, no, no, no. You must. <laughs> <laughs> you must. And I'm like, oh, okay. and he goes, Brazilian. She's a Brazilian. You have to. And I'm like. No, I, I can't really. And he, and he, honestly, so in the, end, the only way I got rid of him was by saying, well, I could later in the week, which I don't, I'm not going to, but he goes, hey, look, I'm leaving tomorrow and I'll see you in two weeks. If you do not, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come get you. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, it's a strange world. All, good, living, all good times in the it's big smoke. Oh, it's, it's been a fun week. We actually get there today. We go to the beach and uh, we've had, yeah, it's been a really fun time. So I got that and I'm looking forward to getting back home because I've been away for three weeks, missing my daughter. So... But anyway, I was a good boy, John. You'd be proud of me. Good. Yeah. So anyway, that's like pretty much here. my week. Good, and so then we're back to normal next week with a regular show. Yeah, we'll we do managed to talk for we managed to talk fifty-five minutes yeah. about not a lot. <laughs> you go. It's going to be a short show. We've got no content, and uh, we missed half the content. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Uh, Saving it up. Back, we're backing it up. We're backing it up. Right. Well, you have a good one. Uh, what's the ending? You go. I'm Russ. I'm in it. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kia Kaha. Kind of, that's pretty good. Right, right. Catch up later, man.